Admittedly, hockey is not my favorite sport in the world, but is there something we could learn about it in how we do substitution patterns in the college basketball? Let's talk about it. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, September 7th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined as we are every week now by Coach Bill Robinson, the head basketball coach at Milligan University. Go Buffs! We want to thank you for joining us today on Locked on Tar Heels, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Coming up on the show today, a couple things we want to hit on. It's, it is the beginning of the new school year, and so we're going to have Coach talk to us a little bit about, hey, what are the things you're trying to accomplish before basketball practice actually gets going? How are you bringing in the new guys? How are you getting everyone together? going to be a neat conversation, and you know we've got story time with Coach Rob coming up at you, and he was telling me a little bit about it, and Coach, I'm very excited to hear this story today, but Before we get to all that, the first conversation we're going to have is about the possibility of a hockey line change with substitution patterns. Let's set it up, tee it off from an email we received from Richard Holmes that reads this way. This is back from this summer. He says, I wonder if there is ever a time that UNC might look at running a full rotation five in and five out. This has been a question with the transfers and now with the Cadeau reclassification as well as Jalen Washington and Seth Trimble. This would keep our guys fresh all the time. Just a thought. Now, Coach, this is a really interesting idea from Richard Holmes. Um, Obviously, you know, I I remember Coach Cal trying to do this at Kentucky a couple years ago until I think some injuries derailed it, if I remember correctly. And obviously, Coach Smith and Coach Williams were famous for the dudes on the court aren't doing well. Let's throw in five walk-ons. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about scholarship-level players coming in for one another. So, Coach, what I want to do is have a, a conversation about the, the idea of this in general and then look at it from the specific standpoint of North Carolina this year and how it could or could not work. So, let's start with the general idea. What do you like or dislike about this platoon system? All right, let's talk about the likes first. First okay. of all, you got 11 scholarship guys right now. I think all 11 can play. So you're going five and five out. You're going to get a lot of minutes from a lot of different people. You're not going to have that wear down factor. We had two years ago where it gets down the final four and, and there's just no legs left. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of positives about that. Um, camaraderie, team-wise, everybody's happy because everybody's playing and everybody's getting their minutes. Everybody knows they're going to get a certain amount of minutes. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of positive thoughts about that. The negatives in my mind coming, especially from a Carolina, is if you have All-Americans, you've mm-hmm. got an Armando Baycott. How do you tell him he's only going to play 20 minutes a game? <laughs> how, do you, how do you tell R.J. Davis after he hits three shots in a row that, oh, his time's up and he's got to come out? He's feeling it. How can you explain that to him? There's some negatives there. Um, from a Carolina perspective, from a Division One perspective, you got guys playing for playing for things down the road. And if they're playing for that, numbers matter. How many points you score, how many rebounds you get. 
scouts are looking at that. Now they're looking at videos too and seeing it. You know, but if you're trying to play in the NBA someday, you score 20 points a game, you're averaging 12 points a game. That's a big difference. And, and those <laughs> are things that those guys are looking at. They got to get their numbers. They got to, you know, it's NIL stuff. They've got to be able to be the guy or be the man in order to get that money. So I, I think it's easier maybe at my level to be able to convince our kids because it's, it's complete total submission to the team. Yeah. That's a good thing. It can be a great thing. It all is okay as long as you're winning. And that's what it all comes <laughs> to. And if you're winning, you can sell that to guys. But if you're losing, that that pass gonna go down real it's it's gonna go bad quickly. Yeah. I, I you know, I think one of the most famous consistent examples we see of it is at Grinnell College there in Iowa, who I think they actually do three like all 15 guys coming in and out, but it's, they got that whole different folks. If you've never watched what Grinnell does, you need to just get on YouTube and check it out. It's insane. And I love it, but uh, that, that's also not what we're talking about here. Now here, here's a thought that I, I have with it coach is I wonder from an approach standpoint, you know, you talk about like Mondo getting his minutes or RJ getting on fire and then coming out. Do you do it? Like, here's my, this is who my starters would usually be. And that's who I'm going with. And then my next set is like essentially the B team or it, I mean, if you're legitimately going for this approach, do you split up guys like RJ and Armando so that you've got RJ on one team and Armando on the, on the other, you know, for me, I think about it as like somebody who's putting team bands together for leading worship in a church setting. You know, if I'm, I'm going to spread the love around, I'm not going to put my best guitarist and my best bass player and my best drummer together. I want to spread that around. What, what would be the approach? Like if you were doing this, which one of those would you go with? I think one of the things you see is how well they play together. Mm. So if you have guys that just click, you guys, that, and maybe it's uh, experience or maybe it's two guys who played together in high school you know, and, and but I wouldn't want to put my best five on the floor first. You don't want to see big drops down. That would be very negative. So you do you mix it up, uh, you know, in the way that that maybe makes more sense where it stays as even as possible. You don't want to see the big drops. But from a personal perspective, I actually had this happen to my daughter here at Milligan, where she was a second team All-American as a sophomore, brought in a great recruiting class. And Coach Aubrey decided he wanted to go five and five out. And it didn't work. And here I am with my colleague, you know, my my guy. and we had told Sarah ahead of time, if you guys have conflict, I'm on his side because we work together every day. And <laughs> I, I didn't say a word. And it was about four or five games in where it wasn't working. He went back to a traditional lineup and they started winning. And again, winning is the ultimate key. And as long as they're winning, you can you can adjust things. But I think in Grinnell's situation, they recruit that way. The kids know that ahead of time. There you go. So it's easier to, to sell it to those kids. This is who we are. You want to be part of us. This is what we do. This is how we are. If you're going to come here, this is how it's going to be treated. Some guys love it because they know that they're going to play. And some guys, you know, maybe not so much. And they just decide not to go there. But I think it's easier if it's already been established as this is who our tradition is. This is who we are. Yeah, that very much has to be a programmatic constant, right? It can't just be like, oh, we're going to roll this out and try it this year and see what happens. I love that point about you have to recruit to it because otherwise there's no way it's going to work well. Um, Coach, is is this something you've ever, I know you said the, the women's team there at Milligan did it. Is this something you yourself have ever considered? And whether you have or not, what are, what are some of the main things you would think about if you were going to actually go forward with it? Never done it. Had never. <laughs> but thinking about it now, because with the guys we have coming in right now and the depth we have coming in right now, I could see us doing that. And we don't have, say, that that all-American guy. 
we've got you know some really solid pieces. We have some guys we think could be all conference that have just come in, but none of them have established themselves. Say, hey, I'm all, I'm the the guy. I'm the all American. And this is something we've talked about. We want to mm. play faster. We want to play more up tempo. Why not give it a shot at least early on and see how it works? But uh, again, it takes that full surrender, that total surrender to the team. We don't have guys necessarily trying to make it to the NBA, but we do have guys who want to have aspirations to play professionally. So we've got to give them the opportunity to, you know, to reach their goals too. But uh, we want to win games, and if we can win games doing it, I think that's uh, something we'll definitely consider. And I think ultimately, we—it's interesting because you keep coming back to that, and it, it, because it's the most important thing at the end of the day. If you're putting W's on the scoreboard, that's that's the thing that matters. However it is that you get there, congrats to you as long as at the end of the day, I've got more points than the team on the other bench. I, th- I think that's what we're talking about. Well, Coach, I, I was just starting to think about, like, if we were to take Carolina and divide it up into a blue and white team this year, I mean, I think there are some obvious guys you would split up, right? Like, RJ and Elliot, you probably keep them on different teams, but then you got Seth and it's like, who does, I, I, one of the important things you said is the best fit. And I, I think that is the thing I keep coming back to is maybe you keep RJ and Elliot together and Seth could be the leader of one of the two teams, you know, because maybe there's a world in which because of RJ's shooting capability, you really want Elliot putting the ball in his hands. And then maybe you put Cormac with Seth Trimble and let Seth get the ball to Cormac. You know, there's, all these variables to me. And so if Cormac's with Seth and I'm probably putting Pax and Wojcik with RJ and Elliot, you know, it just, it's like the dominoes are falling there. Are there any combinations like that that you're like, man, that's who I'd really want to see play together? Yeah. I wouldn't want to put the five that we've talked about being the starting five together, but I still think RJ and Elliot together are just going to be special. I think once they learn to work together and how RJ is going to get his shots because Elliot's going to set them up the way he wants to. I just don't want to separate those two. I like Seth in the second group. Bring that energy. Bring that that defensive energy. Maybe even go full court with that group. Ooh. But you know Paxton with that group because he's got lots of energy and the length and 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 I like to see Paxton and Cormac together hmm. and, and Jalen Withers together and then maybe James at, at the five with that, that group and, uh, and and see Harrison stay with that first group. Boy, that's that's really dangerous, you know, to think about the different lineups that they have. And yeah. they could all change gears. You know, you you got Armando, you throw it, you pound it in the post, you play real big, and, and, and everything goes through him inside out. And then you bring the second group, and that just flies around the gym. It'd be really exciting to see. <laughs> it would be. Obviously, we would get that in intra-squad scrimmages a lot. Unfortunately, that blue and white scrimmage got canceled because – NCAA, man. Uh, it's just, we just keep bringing it up and uh, woof. Um, so, uh, Coach, I, I love this idea. I've just been scribbling down all these lineup combinations over here. You know, ultimately, I don't think we'll see this happen this year. Let's be realistic about it. But uh, it is a fun little exercise to think about for sure. Now, uh, we talked about Elliot Cadeau. We talked about Zayden High, or I guess we really haven't yet, but um, those two freshmen coming in and then this whole mess of transfers. I got to I got to try to figure out what do you do as a coach when you're starting the school year? What are the things you're making sure to do and set up and bring guys in? I want to ask coach all about these things in just a second. But before we do that, I need to tell you that today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs that helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
it's really easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, and then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions, they make it really easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. Because honestly, hiring the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. And again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, college football is off and running. You know, the Tar Heels are 1-0, got that great win over South Carolina on Saturday. App State coming up this week. And to get ready for every weekend, Locked On has a new thing called College Football Kickoff Live coming at you every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. It's got great information that you can check in on. So come be with us on Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Locked On Tar Heels YouTube page. Coach, it is a new school year. This is week three, I think, for you, right? And so, yeah, you're, you're just a little bit into things now. We're still several weeks away from... Uh, full-on practice going and, and getting things really rolling. But uh, what I want to look at is how do you do a new school year? What, what are the things let, – let's start in the summer. Are there things that even before the guys get back on campus that you're doing to prep and get ready for their eventual return? And you can answer that from your own perspective or what you know the Carolina coaching staff to be doing or just general principles. What, what, is, what are the summer things that have to get done before the dudes are back? Yeah, one of the great things we get in the summers is camp. And we had 165 kids at camp the last week. And to bring our guys into work. It's only a day camp. We're done at three o'clock, but it gives, especially with the new guys, gets a chance to connect with the guys that are mm-hmm. here. They get to be on campus. They get to know where the local hot dog spot is, <laughs> where to get the oil change, how to get to Walmart. All those little things that usually take time once you get here in the semester starts, they already feel comfortable. They, are, they already you know, know exactly what's going on. So that's big for us. When they first get here, we want them to be a regular college student. Go do all the welcome week stuff. We don't want to be in the gym. Go to the Doe River gorge day and, and go to the drive-in movie and and get a chance to do the cornhole tournament and just be a regular student we want them to fit in we don't want them to always be separate just with the basketball guys and then when conditioning starts we had a great conditioning session in the beach volleyball pit yesterday <laughs> out in the sun and doing footwork stuff and jumping in and just but that's where they really bond and, and they're, they're just putting in super hard work everybody's getting excited and 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 towards the uh, you know getting ready for practice here in a couple of weeks but those are the types. Um, it's just about spending time. Hmm. Uh, this Saturday, we're going to UT football and we're going to work and we're going to be in bands for two hours down and back. And we'll spend the whole day down there. But it's it's the opportunity for the guys just to be together. It doesn't even really matter what we're doing. You know, we're not an NIL base. We're, we're sitting here trying to raise money the old fashioned way by working hard. But <laughs> just to spend time and JV varsity guys together. And, and they may not practice together, they might play together, but they know that we're all part of one big family. And just being able to spend time, finding ways to spend time together is just crucial this time of year. Uh, Tennessee's playing Austin P this weekend, is that right? No, it's not going to be much of a game. Not we'll much. 
Sorry, I catch it. Yeah, it should should be an easy win for the Vols, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, Coach, what what? And I know this is true of any team, whether it's sports or or work or whatever it is. Time spent together is is probably one of the single best things a team can do. What what kind of tr- like trust does that build? What kind of uh, just belief in one another. Like, why is it so critically important to just have time together? Yeah, one of the things. When uh, my guys love cheesesteak night, we just do cheese night, cheesesteak night at the house. And I, I cook. I don't want my wife to be involved. Just you like cheese, you like onions, you want mushrooms, you want it just plain, you know. I, and the guys come and give me my their order, and I just sit there in the kitchen, put it all together, and get it out to them. But at that time, they're still sitting around, spending time together, getting to know each other. And it, it, a big part of the game is about trust. And you, to, to really build trust, you've got to be able to get together and really get to know each other and dig deep. And, and it's not necessarily knowing what, you know, what's your favorite color, what's your favorite movie. But those are important, too. To, who, who do you root for? You know, give us some kind of connection. As a coach, it's important. If I know that they're a Carolina fan or they're a Tennessee fan, and then if, you know, the games happen at night, or I get a chance to connect mm. and just be able to ask them about it, something uh, to be able to give us a connection where we have something to talk about. Who's going to sit in the van next to me? Who's going to ride shotgun with me on Saturday? You know, is it going to be a returner or is it going to be somebody new, somebody I can really dig and find out more about their family, about the love? What makes them tick? Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important as a coach that my office door is open. That's why I'm not doing my podcast from my office because there's always somebody <laughs> in my office, which is great. That's what we want it to be. But, I, you know, it's it's that constant building relationships over a period of time. Man, that's good. And and something you hit on there that that I didn't even mention is I was talking about them building trust and relationships with each other. Man, it's all about that two-way street with you as well. So there's this horizontal relationship with one another, and there's this kind of vertical relationship to build with you and the rest of the coaching staff. And and all of that uh, comes together for hopefully a great success formula. Um, Coach, you, you talked about riding shoddy with you there, whether it's a, a returner, a freshman transfer, whatever. Um, are, are there specific things you're working to do to get um, those new guys, whether coming from high school or other schools, worked in to the returners? Like whether it's on the basketball side, whether it's just the, the academic side, what, whatever it is, how, how do you get those guys to feel like family and that they belong? And one of the things we do, especially in practice, is we have drills that are shooting drills together. We always want to make sure we get a, a returner with somebody new so they know exactly what we're – and then I don't have to reteach everything specifically. <laughs> they know exactly what, what is expected in each drill. Uh, from an academic side, if, yeah, especially if you have guys who have the same majors, making sure they have the, maybe the professor that they want to have or if they can learn how the tests are given or, or what ex, ex, expected with papers – it's easier to be able to be successful if you have a better idea and not have to go through that, that first test. Sometimes that first test, if, if you know just even the type of questions or what kind of the, you know, con- content they're looking for, it's a whole lot easier. Uh, during the season, we do a thing. Uh, we do it at Christmas time. We do Buff Olympics. And I've actually <laughs> talked to Hubert about it. And we actually split up the team. The upperclassmen are the captains. The coaches get drafted. Our athletic trainer gets, gets uh, drafted. And we do bowling ping pong, billiards, 2K, trivia, you know, dice games that we learned at camp when it's, you know, raining outside and you got to keep the kids busy. We learned these little dice games. And I'm the commissioner, so I keep track of all the points. And then we have a winner, and then the winners get some kind of prize at the end. It doesn't really matter. But it's fun to see how they connect. 
And when the upperclassmen are, are captains, you can't have freshmen versus sophomores versus juniors versus seniors. They're all mixed in together. And then you have the coaches that are involved too. So then the guys see their competitiveness when it comes to the bowling alley or whether it comes to, you know, a trivia. It, it just gives us a way to bond. It keeps them from just going back to the dorm and going to sleep. Mm. It keeps them from, from just, you know, just disappearing. We want them to try to keep them together. Um, so we usually do that at Christmas because there's no class. There's more time and uh, more time for the guys to disappear and just go sleep. So, uh, and more time to be able to spend time at the, at the house with the family. So that's one thing we found super valuable for our program. And I've tried to push it to Hubert and, and when they have their resources, they can make it into a full blown, really cool tournament. So uh, it's good to see who's competitive in something that means absolutely nothing. Uh, you can find out who your real competitors are. Can always learn something in coaching, regardless of what's going on. I think that's an important thing to be aware of. Uh, Coach, something that occurred to me as you were talking about that is, do you find um, that you are the one having to do a lot of the culture setting with the new guys or do do the returners in having those conversations you're talking about, did they take care of a lot of that or, or do you have to do it more? I think it varies year to year. It, it depends on how many returners. We're about half and half this year and we've got strong leaders that are returning. So I don't have to I feel like maybe the culture, they, they understand who we are, what we're doing, but yet. I still want to set the tone with it. We set the tone on a daily basis, even if it's like a conditioning thing yesterday. I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to watch. I still want to be able to start practice and practice the way we want to do it. Um, we want to be able to them to know that I'm, I'm going to be involved in every aspect of it. But yet we still want those leaders uh, that are here to be able to really set the tone in a physical way, even though I can't go out there. and I'm not going to go out there and run in the sand and <laughs> do what they do. Uh, but I still Dude, want that's to- an Achilles gone right there, brother. I've had both Achilles surgeries, so I understand both of them are done. So, <laughs> Oh, that's great stuff. I love it. It's great to hear. Thank you for inviting us into what you guys are doing a little bit. I think that just helps give some great framework to how a team is built uh, from day one and even before day one in the summer right there. So coming up in just a second, our favorite time of every show with Coach Rob is story time with Coach Rob. He's got a humdinger for you today. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. You looking for tickets to something like, oh, I don't know, Tennessee Volunteers football like the Buffaloes are going to do this weekend? Well, you should use Game Time to get in on it. Because life is always so busy, and the last thing you need to do is be stressed out trying to buy tickets to events. Thankfully, there's Game Time, which has killer deals on last-minute tickets for all the events you want to go to. And when choosing seats for these events, you get to see a picture of what your view would look like with those tickets. Boy, that is such a relief to me because I'm always trying to figure out, is there a column sitting in front of me? I don't want that. I love to see a view of my seats. So forget planning months in advance. Game time is the place for the last minute ticket deals. They have deals on tickets literally right up till the day of the event. So get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, whatever it is, you can find it on game time. Plus the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in your same section and same row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, 
guaranteed. Folks, it is time for game time with Coach or game time. Man, I'm just stuck in that ad read still. It's time for story time with Coach Rob. For those of you who are just getting uh, caught up with Coach Rob being here with us on the show, Coach Rob is actually in the process of writing a book with all sorts of stories from two decades of working the Carolina basketball camps in the summer. He's shared some great ones with us already, and I'm excited to hear what Coach Rob's story is today. Well, in Twitter, sometimes you see a question that says, you know, if you could have lunch or dinner with one coach, who would you want it to be? And Carolina fans, uh, we'd all love to be able to sit down and just hang out with Roy Williams for for a meal. And uh, the coach's party is very similar to that at camp. When, when coach was running things, he was always there. He'd come early. He'd usually leave early, too. So And he'd work the room and get a chance to say hi to everybody. But my assistant, Rob Brendel, uh, at the time, this is a few years back, He's been a lifetime Carolina guy. From I mean, he grew up in Gastonia. He's oh, wow. been a, he calls himself the Homer, a Carolina Homer, because he's always just loved Carolina. And we were riding over together to the party. It was on uh, 15 501, the, the old Time Out restaurant there that was uh, with the Holiday Inn. There was a little restaurant there, and that's where the coach's party was. So we were driving over, and he said, "I really want to. I just want to try to find time to talk to Coach Williams." I said, well, "Let's come up with a plan. We'll get there. We'll come up with a plan." So we walk in. It is the absolute perfect scenario. Coach Williams is at a table. He's got Steve Robinson on one side. He's got uh, Joe Holiday on the other side. And Porky Spencer's sitting there. And there's two empty seats. I just looked at Rob and I said, listen, I'll just go over and sit next to Porky. Porky's my guy. He's the one who got me into camp. They won't think anything of it. I'll have the empty seat. You just walked over. Say, hey, Coach, I'll just invite you to sit down. It'll be the perfect scenario. <laughs> so I get my food, sit down next to Porky. The chair is empty. It's, a per- we're, it's all set up. And Coach Williams is in an awesome mood. He starts telling stories about his relationship with George Steinbrenner and the Yankees and Monument Park. And then he starts talking about his shoe deals over the year. And I mean, he just in one of these awesome mood telling stories. Well, now it's a half an hour, 45 minutes in, and Rob's still nowhere to be seen. And I lost track of time because I'm listening to Coach's stories. We're just having this great time. So I text Rob and I said, where are you? You need to get over here. The chair's still open. So he says, oh, I got talking. And that's usually what Rob does. He gets talking. He's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, but he literally goes, gets up, walks around, sees me, comes over and says, hey, uh, can I have a seat? Yeah, sure, have a seat. So I invite him to sit down with us. I promise you, as his butt hit the seat, <laughs> Coach Williams got up and says, well, guys, it's been a great night. Thank you very much. And he gets up and walks out. And uh, we just died laughing. And I said, where were you? What happened? He goes, oh, I, I got telling stories over there. I'm like, oh, man, we had the perfect scenario to have some time with Coach Williams, and you blew it. Uh, but I always give him a hard time about that because, you know, those times are special just to be able to sit down and, and listen to stories. And, and uh, I think Coach Williams would rather talk about the Yankees and talk about baseball and talk about the Tar Heels uh, sometimes. He just, he's a lot of fun to get talking about baseball. He loves baseball. But that's one of my all-time favorite stories about uh, Coach Williams and Rob Brendel. I love, man, that, that is like sitcom level hilarity right there. Like if anything, what Murphy's law, if something can go wrong, it will. That's, well, that's, that's Rob. That's exactly, that's who he is. Gosh. Unfortunately, coach Williams is talking about the Yankees, but outside of that, I'll, uh, I'll forgive him. Uh, as the uh, resident Braves fan, I got my tomahawk over my shoulder there. And so uh, I am non, none too sad that the Yankees are having a bad year. I don't mind saying Oh, man, Coach, that's a great story. Thank you. What a perfect way to wrap up today's show. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Tar Heels. Big thanks, as always, to Coach Rob for joining us. All his insight and wisdom and and great stories as well. He can certainly spin a tale himself. 
We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. You everydayers, thanks for being with us as always. If you're new to the show, welcome in. Come back all the time. We have a great community here, and we would love for you to be part of it. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Maybe you have a story you want to share. Maybe you have a listener question or video you want to submit that Coach and I could talk about or answer. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter. Coach is at Coach Rob Buffs. I'm at Isaac Shade. And, of course, you can follow the show at LockedOnHeels. Don't forget to subscribe on video and audio formats. If you're watching, smash the like button so we know you're here. And we'd love to hear your comments on today's show. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk to you again tomorrow where we preview the App State game. Hopefully not as high scoring as it was last year, at least on the App State side of things. We'll talk to you then. But for now, peace. Peace.